Welcome to a Three Geeks Scene Snobs collaboration. I am in Studio B as the rest of my room is all packed up. But um, yeah, I had to get this camera just right because if I move it just a little bit, I look like super fat. So just put it right <laughs> up there and we're good. So Blaine, you were saying that well, we're joined today by Blaine Weaver, uh, the director of Getaway. He also wrote American Pie uh, Girls Rules. And we're going to talk to him about all of that. But before we started recording, you mentioned Revenge of the Nerds. I, I see you have a lovely Revenge of the Nerds poster <laughs> up. I have not seen that fine film in a very long time. But in my youth, oh, in my youth, I watched that many, many times. Yeah, there's parts of the third act that don't hold up very well. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, you could say that about pretty much every movie from my childhood. Uh, my yeah, idea. We didn't really believe in the third act in the 80s. Uh, <laughs> over, overrated. <laughs> but uh, we're here to talk about you, man. How you doing? Uh, Mick's been talking you up for weeks. Well, I I pay him. That's why he charges you, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. You know, it's like uh, it seems like we've talked many times uh, about being creative during COVID time, and you know how frustrating it can be and whatnot. But I, I've, I've been working, which is great. I've been writing new things, which, you know, most of the pandemic has been incredibly frustrating. I just have not been able to wrap my head around anything creative as much as I'm telling people, oh, you should really go and do something creative with this time. I'm like just staring at like the blank page being frustrated. But uh, work is happening now. And uh, we're out. I moved to LA. Jeez. Uh, four or five months ago now. And so my cat's jumping around. So sorry, my <laughs> camera is being affected. Uh, but yeah, things are things are picking up and I'm optimistic about the coming months. So I'm in a good place. How about you? Doing well, man. I, Me and Mick hooked up about a month ago and I, we've been working together and the creative energy the two of us have together has been phenomenal. That's awesome. I mean, especially right now, especially to be able to make stuff right now. I, I know that just, just getting a couple of pages of something new done is so satisfying, you know? And uh, so I think that's great. Yeah, it I makes always appreciate it. Well, I always appreciate Blaine because Blaine was there in the beginning when it was just me in front of a camera. And now, like, the scene snobs is like 19 shows. And, like, Blaine will always have a home here anytime oh, he so wants cool. to promote or do anything. Uh, it, Thank it, you. Be it, careful because I always want to promote. <laughs> and we always will. <laughs> Blaine, what was scene, scene snobs like before uh, Casey carried Mick on his back? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't even remember that far away. You know, it's it so long ago. All I remember is, you know, good, good memories, good feelings. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it was a fun conversation, of course. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I, Blaine, uh, you have come such a long way even in the year to go from, like, we were talking about Cuts of the Chase at that point, because you were showing it off yep. uh, here in Winchester, and then, you know, 
with Getaway Out Now, uh, I luckily got to see it le- earlier last year in June at Dead, uh, Dead Center Film Festival. Right. And then I've watched it a bunch of times since, and I own it now. Yes. Um, yes, you do. Um, and it was on my list of not just my top 20 movies of 2020, but my top 10 horror movies of, tw- uh, of 2020. So, um, you know, I hope to see more horror movies come from you, but what do you have in store for us? You have so, you've done so many great things, especially American Pie Girl, uh, Girls Rule. Uh, you know, that was gr- well, very well written. Thank Absolutely. You. I've seen, honestly, when I went down to watch American Pie Girls Rules today, I was expecting the worst because all of the other direct-to-DVD uh, sequels mm-hmm. have always focused on the raunch from the American Pie movies, and I feel like you captured the essence of the original film, which is the heart, the friendship, Yep. And, you know, you brought in, you know, some of the dirty jokes and so forth, but there was a real heart. And I, I really like that. Um, I can't believe I'm blanking on her name, but the, the lady who played Stifler, I like that she wasn't doing a Sean William Scott impression the whole time, like in some of the previous direct uh, video sequels. Yeah. yeah, you know, I really lucked out in that um, entire experience because the director, uh, a guy named Mike Elliott, and I really have kind of a a very healthy mutual respect for each other. So we would have these talks all the time about tone, you know, and, you know, uh, sometimes I would be pulled into going raunchier and stuff, but then I would be able to pull back and say, you know, I don't know that that's really this movie. I think that's what people think this movie is. But when you watch the first one, there is definitely a skirting of a line that later on they really just jump right over. Does that make sense? Yeah. Of yes. like, you know, uh, you're you're going there with the essence of it, but it's really not what a lot of people think of when they think of American Pie. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And uh, you, you did. You really captured because again, um, even all the the whole original series with the original cast and I think it went on for four movies. I, I really enjoyed all of them. But they did have that heart, and it was more right. heart than raunch. It had that ba- good balance, and Girls Rule definitely did. Yeah, and yeah. we had these great actresses that just bonded so well, uh, you know, not only on screen, but, you know, behind the camera. They were great friends and were always contributing to the script. And I, I feel like at the end of the day, what a, the first American Pie and the, the heart that you're talking about, it's about friendship, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this... It, I was so excited to see the first dailies and to get to meet the actresses because they really were friends and it plays so well on camera. So I, a lot of things worked out on that movie and I, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I think it's funny and, you know, uh, kind of racy, but, uh, but a good flick. Yeah. Yeah. I recommended it to some of my buddies that I went and saw all the original films with to tell them to check it out. Cause oh, cool. they really did a good job. I, I am a American pie diehard. I love the original movies. I, I've, Thomas Nicholas is like the one person that I know that it's a celebrity or an actor. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, so whole for full circle kind of thing. But uh, no, man, you really did a good job with this movie. Well, I, I think I might have mentioned this to Nick before, but like w- one of the things that was really cool to me about it is that when they were casting American Pie, I was up for, you know, uh, the, the, the pie guy. Um, that like, and I went back a couple of times for the audition and I'm like, I didn't read the whole script. I wasn't important enough to get the whole script. So I was kind of missing what the movie was, you know, and, but to, to write a movie that I auditioned for and would have totally changed the arc of my career, you know, 20 years ago Mm -hmm. was really cool. (laughs) 
did it yeah i mean that's that's a full circle right there but i mean yeah it is yeah, it, it just in that in that world because I mean I know great things are coming. You know, great things have come and great things are coming, um, even more so because uh, one thing I will say to everybody, and I'm the one recommending, so go after it. And Jason, you need to check them out too. Uh, go, go check out Cut to the Chase, Weather Girl, Six Month Rule, all Chase's movies. They're really good. I really enjoy them. I own Cut to the Chase too. I don't have uh, Six Month Rule yet, but I've seen it on Amazon Prime. It's out, it just got launched on Amazon Prime. That's been a fun thing uh, of the last six months, too, is uh, I started a distribution company. So I got the rights back to a couple of my films that have been floating out there. And uh, one of that was Six Month Rule, and I got to get it out on Prime so people can watch it for free, you know, because I just know how much I love that, you know, just to be able to scroll and find something and, you know, watch a new film. And uh, so Six Month Rule is out there, and so is Cut to the Chase, just like that. But thanks for the plug. I appreciate Absolutely, that. Absolutely, man. Definitely. We're going to get to uh, Cupid for Christmas because I can't wait to hear about it. But oh, I want to go back, like all the way back in time. You were in one of the best shows of all time that nobody talks about anymore, and they need to remake it. I was actually in Saudi Arabia, and I met Jonathan Frakes. And I said, will you come back and make more of this? <laughs> he said, in a heartbeat, if they ask me. So you were in an episode of Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, one of the Beyond great Belief. You are the super fan of Beyond Belief. I don't think there's a lot of competition for that position. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My grandma really likes it. <laughs> I was. I was in on Beyond Belief, which for those of you who don't remember it or huge cool. fans like Jason, it was uh, Jonathan Frakes. It was uh, number one from uh, uh, the Next Generation Star Trek. And he was the host, and he would start every episode by what? Well, give an example, Jason, of how he would start out with like, oh, would you like believe that this would happen? Yeah, <laughs> there's a Take there's the a YouTube like hot mix that's great of him doing all of these weird yeah. things. Uh, but he would uh, ask a question, and then based on that, you would see four, three or four uh, Twilight Zone ish stories and then you had to guess which one was real is that am i yeah. setting that up yeah yeah i, I used to it. watch it with my kids and we would guess at the end we made it a whole thing it was i have a couple of stories about that show uh so first one is uh i did this episode of jag you guys remember jag on cbs oh, yeah. and um i did this episode that where they absolutely stole all this footage from uh clear and present danger and like cut it into the show like and like i'm reading the script and i'm like this kind of sounds like the car chase in clear and present danger and they did that and i guess like that was the plan was that paramount owned it whatever and they'd be able to do all of this but of course the creators of clear and present danger freaked out so that show only ran like one time but i did this episode and i played you know uh this obviously young Marine, I, I believe I was 18 or 19 at the time. And um, I had this thing where the director wanted me to say my line and then turn and walk off. And for some reason I couldn't say the line without going before I walked off. It just felt weird not to have some kind of punctuation. And he got obsessed about it. And then I got obsessed about not being able to do it. And we didn't get along and he like yelled at me and I'm like, oh my God, this director hates me. He's never gonna work with me again. So. Two years later, I'm auditioning uh, for Beyond Belief, and I've got a callback for it, and it's pouring down raining in L.A. As you know, it never rains in Los Angeles, but when it does, it is a mess. Can I curse on this, or do I not? Yeah, yeah. Say whatever oh, you want. Shit show. 
it is a shit show in LA when it rains. And I was also a young uh, actor who also had a night job. So I had to go to my restaurant job and I'm late and I'm soaking wet. Director's late because of traffic. Sitting there, I'm like, I'm gonna get fired. Director walks in, it's a director from Jack. And I'm like, oh, I might as well just leave right now. There's no reason to sit here. He hates me. Uh, this is gonna be a nightmare. And uh, I waited against my better judgment, I waited and I went into the audition and he looked up and he's like, haven't we worked together before? I'm like, yeah, yeah, uh, Jag. And he's like, yeah, that was a good shoot. Okay. <laughs> he didn't remember me and it was the best thing ever. And he booked me because we had worked together before, even though he didn't remember me. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank and you. The funny thing about Jag is you were also in NCIS, which was a spinoff of Jag. It's, see, very few people know this. Very few people know the NCIS Jag connection, but you and I know it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, told you, man, I can't be president of the fan club unless I know. There you go. You, there, there's certain requirements, the quiz that you have to take beforehand. That must uh, feel really good that you got asked about uh, in, in an interview um, beyond uh, belief, fact or fiction, when everybody asks about Peter Pan. Yeah. First question I've ever gotten on Beyond Belief, and I had a story for it. So there you it's go. It's funny. When I asked Jonathan Frakes that, he's like, I get it all the time. He's like, I would do it again in a heartbeat. I said, me and my grandma used to love that show. He's awesome. I love that he's a director, too. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I've always thought that he's cool. Uh, we didn't actually get to work together, you understand. Yeah, we yeah. yeah. Days, he came in, probably shot all of that in one day. And then <laughs> yeah, <just> probably. <laughs> so. Probably his basement. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's a hell of a basement if it was. Uh, <laughs> so, Blint, what do you what have you got going on now? What are you working on? Uh, right now, I'm working. I, I'm I'm taking your advice and working on a uh, another horror script. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that, and I don't really know what. I'm going to do with it yet, uh, whether it's something that hopefully we could make sometime in the next six months or something, or if it's something that I try to sell, but uh, it's pretty scary so far and, you know, walking dead kind of things. I'm excited. So, nice. but you know, it's, again, it's, it's kind of new. So it's just about right now it's about mashing genres and trying to figure out what, what it is and writing something that's fun, you know, that gets me out of bed in the morning. I'm happy to hear that, man, and I hope you direct it too, because that'll be. I, awesome. I hope so too. That that's the hope. But I'm working on that, and um, you know, uh, Getaway just came out, so we're still kind of doing some a little press on that, and we've got all the other movies, as you mentioned, that are kind of rolling out, and basically just looking for the next gig. And it's because it's a crazy time. Every conversation about directing or acting or any anything comes with several tiers of trying to figure out the the covid situation and when we would start something and you know all, all of that stuff a lot of logistics there's always logistics in movies but the the covid logistics are insane what's it like oh. to get a movie like uh getaway made a horror film like is it different than some of the stuff you've done before totally totally but i i love that i i'm a big fan of mixing genres and you know doing stuff cuz I, I certainly don't want to get bored with me <laughs> you know, and because and I think it's easier for us to get bored, you know, than it is for the, the viewer because it's all new to them. But um, I did basically I did a bunch of um, not a bunch, but I, I did romantic comedies for a little while because 
you know, it's easier to film a kiss than it is to blow something up. And I kind of felt like I didn't have, unless I got a $2 million budget, which is still a very low budget, but like that's as low as I felt comfortable doing any kind of fast paced actiony or scary or anything like that. And then um, a, a buddy of mine made a movie called Down and Dangerous, which is a uh, super micro budget action movie. And uh, it, it was really good. It was inspiring really because like he did put gunshots were all digital and like, you know, there are things that we were able to sidestep and get a little more money than they had, but it was still, it was like the pacing and the, the acting and the story was all really good. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to see if I can do that. So cut to the chase was like a, more of an experiment, right. In order to see if I could make a suspense thriller film noir style movie that's uh, clever with good performances and see what we could do with the action. And I went in like not knowing, but knowing that anything that looked stupid, we would just cut out and we would just get the shot. And we kept getting really lucky with the people that we brought in. Like we, we brought in a stunt coordinator um, who was gonna play, who plays one of the roles and he, his job just kept getting bigger and bigger. And he was very enthusiastic and wanted to try things and brought in his buddies to, to assist and, all of a sudden we had these great stunts and we, you know, had an armorer who's going to help us with like this one gun. And then he had all of these other guns with lots of, you know, he's got the safety certificate or whatever for the state of Louisiana. And suddenly we had this cache of weapons that we wrote into the script and we just kept elevating. And after cut to the chase, I'm like, Oh, I definitely want to make a horror film. I just knew that with everything that I'd learned on that set, that the sky is really the limit if you get the right human beings there who have the knowledge, you know, then it's not about money. It's about uh, knowledge. So getting to make a horror film has been like a childhood dream of mine. And it was awesome. That's a long answer to a short question. <laughs> no, and it turned out great. As I, hey, I love it. As I've said, I, I feel like I'm singing the praises too much. I'm like, it's an interview. I guess. Not for me. <laughs> you know the movie I want to see is okay. um, I want to see a Friday the Thirteenth style movie with uh, Paul Rubens as the serial killer. Did you see that Jurassic Park thing? <laughs> that's that's the influence of my idea. I think he would be great in a slasher movie. The greatest thing I've seen in at least a month. I enjoyed that so much. It was so good. My fiance did not even crack a smile. I thought it was freaking <laughs> hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I support that. I support that. Maybe, maybe that's what I'll, I'll throw Paul Rubens into this thing that I'm working on now. But I would love to be able to shoot this in Virginia if I can pull it together in time. And uh, yeah, so that's that's where we are. I'm basically talking about money and uh, being able to get the thing financed with the COVID things. And like, yeah, but we have a very short amount of time if we want to do it and if we want to involve the, the school. And will we be able to do it with will we need ex additional money for testing and stuff? Like if we shoot it in May yeah. or, you know, like just trying to time it all out, but it's exciting. I like, I like getting ramped up on a new project. You know, I will say um, for, with Cupid for Christmas, I, I will not say I want to ask, uh, like I saw, I, I watched, you know, your Instagram and followed along on social media as you were shooting that you were very, open with it and uh you know just, just this shoot going on and how safe you guys were doing it what were some of the challenges um going through because you guys were pretty early on doing that 
Yeah. Um, it, so like you, yeah. you know, a lot of that is like following protocols that are still kind of being worked out. So for you, how was the, what were the biggest challenges that you saw on that set? I mean, I think you really put your finger on it. Like the, the hardest thing was that nobody knew what they didn't know yet. And we, when we started, you know, obviously it's a, it's a Screen Actors Guild movie. We have, you know, uh, great actors that we brought out from LA as well as mixing with local hires in uh, Winchester. Um, but our first conversation with the Screen Actors Guild was insane. Like, the things that they were talking about was stuff that I had never even considered. I did not think that we would be required to test three times a week. I, I didn't think that that meant everybody on set. I didn't, you know, all of this stuff that I had drastically underestimated. Um, and that was their new standard, but it wasn't officially a standard yet. And the other unions had not quite weighed in. And so every time we talked to somebody, we'd get kind of a different answer. Um, so I thought that the movie was just going to, you know, rot on the vine, like that we weren't going to be able to move forward because the testing alone was an additional $30,000, you know, on the budget. But they were able to, the Capital Arts, the production company was motivated and, you know, they spent the money. We found um, a, a lab that was about two hours away from campus and we hired someone to literally drive the tests over there. Uh, three times a week so that we could have a turnaround of 24 hours. Um, the hardest thing as far as implementing was staying six feet apart, which is very hard to do on a movie set. You know, it's hard to do in any situation where you're working with people, but movie sets, people forget so quickly and you got a camera with three people like crowded around. So that I was constantly annoying people with that. But everything else, we were very lucky in the people that we had because they definitely took the threat seriously. Uh, you know, I I was so glad that I didn't have anybody naysaying or, you know, like trying to get away with stuff. It was like everyone took it completely seriously. The weirdest thing was, to be honest about making a movie, is that especially when you have people that are there from out of town and you're on location, it's a real bonding situation after work. You know, uh, you have some beers, you, you know, vent, you know, uh, get ready for the next day, come back in. And we really didn't have that. Like the the isolation that the main LA actors were under was intense. Uh, like we literally didn't see them by the time they left work and showed up the next day. And it was the same thing. We had several young actors that were in school at Shenandoah University and they came in and all traveled in and we had to lock them in their hotel rooms for two days before they could work. Um, which sounds like, oh, no big deal. But like, a bunch of college students actively staying away from their friends, you know, and like having to stay inside a motel room while they're there to shoot a movie. It was difficult, but everybody was a real pro. And uh, that was the best thing about it. Like if I had one or two people that were causing problems or like uh, not following the protocol, it, it could have ruined the whole thing. But thankfully nobody got sick. Um, I feel like everybody felt like they did a good job and we took care of everybody, which was the most important thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Awesome. When does that come out? Is it out already? No, it'll be out in Christmas. We we were rushing to try to get it finished for this Christmas, but uh, by the time I finished it, it was almost November. And basically, it was the same thing with Santa Girl. We had the same exact experience where we rushed and rushed, and we finished that movie in August. But by that point, all of the distributors had already filled their Christmas, you know, uh, thing. It takes three months minimum to process for like a Netflix or anything like that. So 
we just had our hands tied. So now we have to wait until this summer when everybody starts looking, you know, for their Christmas movie. Ironically, Santa Girl sold in July of that year and then had a theatrical release that went all through the summer before it came out uh, on Netflix in November. So who knows? <laughs> you, you, you should check out Santa Girl too, man. Like that's a, such a fun movie. And, uh, See, I'm telling you, I just I'm just movies here. Uh, <laughs> the kids loved it too. So, uh, and Barry Boswick, man, Barry best. Boswick. Well, I, Boswick. listen, we've had this argument in December when uh, Asher and Ian were on the show. There is no best Santa. There's just a team of Avenger right. type Santa. That's it. Right. I I I don't know if I sent it to you, but I did go through some effort of putting together a. I, I did. Yeah. I to you, Kurt Russell, Barry Boswick, <laughs> and Mel Gibson all together is. <laughs> We <laughs> piece together the whole Avengers team of Santas because everybody's directed a very cool Santa. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, people may not think Barry Boswick would be the tough guy Santa, but I'm telling you, Barry Boswick is a tough guy. Okay, and uh, he'll he'll give you what for. Is he going to be your new hero? Because he was in American Pie too. Yes. Well, that's what a funny thing is. We I wrote Santa Girl for the company Capital Arts, which is owned by the guy who directed. American Pie. So he loves Barry and has used it many times. And so that's the connection for Barry Boswick and Santa Girl. When they asked me to act in American Pie, I was like, oh yeah, sure, totally. I don't I think I'm too young to play one of the adult characters. No, I'm not actually. I could totally have a teenager. And that freaks me out a little bit. But uh, then to find out that uh, Barry Boswick is playing my father-in-law and we don't get to actually be in the same room together. Well, that, that was tragic. But uh, but fun, you know, and so random. Like the, I don't know if you noticed the introducing Barry Boswick and the opening title cards. Uh, yeah, Mike thinks oh, it's very it's funny. So much fun. <laughs> it's funny. It, yeah, it, it's just it. It's so awesome. Always getting to talk to you, man. Um, so I am very excited. I know that we've talked about it in the past. Uh, I am working it out now, but Pretty in Pink is still on the table. Oh, great. Great. I wanted to keep you up to date on that. I think I'm going to try and turn it into a charity to help small businesses in Winchester. Fun. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure they could use it. Yeah, um, I'm I, actually going to be back in a couple of weeks uh, in Virginia, so uh, if you're around. Oh, yeah, man. I'm always here. Still Perfect. in isolation from, <laughs> from, like, last March. <laughs> Perfect. I don't go anywhere. Nice. But, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one one final question. What, how did you get the role for Peter Pan? Peter Pan was uh, a fluke, a complete and utter fluke. And I, I often think about how lucky I am. It, you know, I think in all life you can look back on luck and, you know, where these things happen, where it was a, like a toss of a coin. Like maybe you go and ask, you meet your wife in a bar, you know, or, you know, I no reason for me to have been in that bar that night, except for that's where my friends decided to go, that kind of thing. But with your career, you can really, uh, your acting career, you can definitely like look at those moments of like, wow, I would have gone a completely different way if that hadn't happened. And uh, that that's absolutely the, the Peter Pan situation. I went uh, to bother my agent because I wasn't getting enough auditions. Randomly, I just kind of showed up and I was in the neighborhood. She available? Sure. So I go in, I say, hey, I haven't been auditioning for much. I was just wondering, you know, is there anything I can do? And she looks on her table and she pulls up a piece of paper and hands it to me. And she's like, go down the hall to voiceover and audition for this. 
And I'm like, okay, sure. So I didn't even know what it was. I went down the hall. I'm like, hey, I'm with the theatrical department. They told me that I could come over here and audition for something. And so they were looking for voice matches for the original Peter Pan movie. And Cubby, who is a uh, lost boy, uh, in the original movie, he had this voice that was kind of like Goofy's. You know, it was like an adult doing it, like, hey there. Ho, ho, ho. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so I was an adult and that's why they wanted me to audition for. And I said, nah, I feel really stupid doing voices like that, but I can do a kid and Peter Pan's like my favorite cartoon. So I like know what he sounds like. And so I auditioned for it and I left and it was many months later where somebody called me and said, did you audition for Peter Pan at Abrams artist? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, who are you? <laughs> I'm like, I'm in the theatrical department. I'm not even in the voiceover department. And they're like, well, Disney wants to see you again. So I went in and I auditioned again. And then we, I booked it and we did this table reading, right? Which had me and uh, Corey Burton, who does the voice of uh, like everybody, but he's big voice guy, but he did Captain Hook and Smee and something. And the lady who did Alice in Wonderland and the original, uh, uh, you know, uh, original Wendy, like she's there. And we did this crazy table reads for two weeks. And then after that, they fired everybody but me and Captain Hook. And I was like, I'm definitely getting fired before this is over. Like there's no way they're going to have me be the voice of Peter Pan in a big, you know, movie theater cartoon. They're definitely going to have me do all the animation and then they'll fire me and they'll hire Michael J. Fox or somebody famous. And then I'll be like, oh, I, I was almost that guy. And I didn't believe it until I actually saw the trailer. And I'm like, well, that's me. So I guess I'm Peter Pan. And I have been ever since. So uh, a great opportunity. The whole reason I'm a director is because of the money I made doing Peter Pan. I bought a house and I sold the house to finance my first directing thing. So nice. uh, it, it is funny to try to imagine what my life would be if I, I hadn't have had that gig, you know? Yeah, they kept bringing you back. Yeah, thankfully. They're awesome. He he is Peter Pan. I am. I am Peter And I went on that a Disney cruise one time. I don't know if you've ever done that or not, but it's awesome. Uh, And, like, it wasn't even my thing. I was going with a friend who, you know, had, like, a discount or something. And we went, and we were in one of the restaurants, and I start talking. And I'm like... Peter Pan is like up flying around the room, like in the, the, on the screens and stuff. And I'm like, that's me. I totally forgot. I did that. I did that before I had any idea I was going on a cruise ever. And here I am. That's the best job in the world. That's awesome, man. I, I'm, uh, you've had an amazing career. I mean, yeah. (laughs) It's weird. It's weird, but I like it. (laughs) And it continues, man. I'm telling you, wait until you see the rest of these movies. They're so good. Yeah, I can't wait to check them out. As like I said, you wrote American Pie was really well done. Cool. And so you. was Getaway. Awesome. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you like it. I, I, I we're so proud with Getaway being out there. And I just got my Blu-rays the other day. And I'm like, this is awesome. I love that this movie is out there. I'm, I love that these young actors are getting this kind of cool first job out of the you know gate kind of thing. Because it's in acting, especially, it's it's always your first job is like such a tough thing because it's like you're not in the union, but you need to be in the union to get the job and you have no tape. But they're like, where's your tape and what else have you done? And they're like, well, I've done a lot of plays in college. And, you know, they're like, well, 
anyways, I, I just think it's really cool. And everybody really, again, I like to surround myself with uh, people who I like, people who I want to succeed, people who want to pull for the movie, you know, kind of like the, uh, the no asshole policy that, you know, uh, you sometimes that I've been reading about recently, but like, it's so great to be happy for the movie, be happy for the people involved in the movie that it's this big, you know, especially with a movie like that, that was so inexpensive and so difficult to shoot with the long nights and the, you know, lack of support. We didn't have much of a crew, you know, it's just basically two or three grown ups and uh, a bunch of young inexperienced people. But, um, when you get through that and you still like everybody, I, I think that's a, a really good sign. Awesome, man. Where can everybody find you online? Uh, I am uh, Blaine with the Y, as you see in my little spelling here. It's Blaine Weaver everywhere. So Twitter, Facebook, uh, Insta, as the kids say. <laughs> awesome. Um, Thanks again, man. And from Mick and myself, everybody, check out thescenesnobs.com. And to find a review of Getaway, go to 3geeks.ninja. Have a great night. Thanks so much, you guys. Really appreciate it.